Come join Melissa and her guests on the Chats from the Blog Cabin podcast. From North Carolina, this podcast will have you feeling like you've known these folks for years. Listen in as they chat about life, culture, current events, and more, all with a special Southern flair. Curl up with your favorite beverage and get ready to be entertained. Tune in now for a unique experience that's fun and insightful. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Chats in the Blog Cabin, you know, the show where I virtually invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. And today we're not only going to be chatting about life, but we're going to be chatting about dogs, one of my favorite subjects, and Shih Tzus too, because Allie actually made an appearance right before um, the show uh, started because it was requested. So Alicia, welcome to the show. Tell us a little about yourself and what you do. Yeah, so my name is Alicia May, and yes, I'll start right off with the Shih Tzu thing. Um, I had a Shih Tzu named Daisy for 14 and a half years, and unfortunately, during COVID, she passed away, transitioned to the other realms, but she was definitely my baby. So anyways, kind of going back a little bit, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis when I was 21, so I was very much on a healing journey. And along that process, so many different modalities kept coming through of like things to help me in my own process. And so actually it was kind of ironic. The weekend of COVID shutdown, I was at a silent retreat because I was just working through my Kundalini yoga teacher training. And I was like, I'm going to start my own business. Lo and behold, (laughs) I didn't realize how quickly it would happen. Uh, I got into the car that Sunday and my current boss from the hotel world was like, hey, we're furloughing you for at least the next month. We'll see what happens with the pandemic. And I was like, universe, like, wait, what? (laughs) Like, (laughs) I wasn't expecting this to happen that quickly. So anyways, there's just been a lot around dogs and me doing energy work. I'm a Kundalini yoga teacher. Uh, I do breath work. My, my title is integrative wellness coach, because what I've learned is so many people have all these different things going on. And it's really about looking at the whole person and the integration around how we go through that process. So with that, And my own grieving process of going, dealing with my Shih Tzu passing, I realized how important our dogs are in our own healing journey. And I'm sure you can attest to this, like, there are babies, right? So like, that's a piece of us that gets taken away when they transition. And so I started doing a lot of work with women and their dogs and it was just like coming up in my world of like this is what (laughs) is working Mm -hmm. and so yeah that's kind of where it it was going through and now I work a lot more with women who uh, deal with anxiety and pain with having my own experience of rheumatoid arthritis it's been a super powerful insight into how I can help support others. So you said you're an integrated health coach. What exactly does that entail? Because I know a lot of people are like, that's a lot of big fancy words. What exactly is it that you do? (laughs) Yeah, integrative wellness coach. 
So basically, I look at the person and go, okay, well, what is it that is is going on in your world? Like, are you dealing with anxiety? Is your dog freaking out? Because um, our dogs pick up our energy, right? So a lot of times, there's been so many people where I've said, they've said, oh, my dog is so anxious all the time. And I'm like, well, how, how are you? And they're like, oh, yeah, well, I'm pretty anxious, too. <laughs> so with that, it's, it's looking at the whole person. And then the, the basis of what I do or the foundation is teaching people about muscle testing. And so muscle testing is a form of kinesiology where we can literally check in with our body and ask yes or no questions and get answers as to how we want to, like the best way to describe it is say we have this food that we really love, like bananas. But when we ask our body about it, our body is like, no, that's not good for us. And so once we figure out these different little things that maybe we wouldn't find on medical tests, to really hone in on areas that we can work at on our own body. And then we move into doing breath work and really like becoming more embodied because so many people that I work with, they are so disconnected from their own body. When I ask them, how are you feeling? They say good. And I'm like, well, how does good feel in your body? And they're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> So, because it's such like this term that just as a society, we're like, oh, yeah, we're good. But some people, when I say good, they're like, oh, no, like, actually, I feel really tired. Or, oh, wow, like my right shoulder is really hurting me. So it's going deeper into really like feeling into our body. And then it's very much tailored for that person. Like some people like more of the yoga route. Some people like more of the breathwork route. Some people like more of just therapy to share their experience and doing journaling prompts. So it's not just this one size fits all approach. It's very much personalized. So how do you know how to personalize um, things? What kind of, should I say, when someone comes to you and they're like, okay, fix me, but they really, you know, like when they say, oh, I'm fine or fix me. What do you know to, what steps do you take to realize where they need to be fixed? Is maybe that's what I need to go to. So one thing I, I want to say is it's not about fixing that person. It's really about connecting to their own innate healing wisdom because each one of us have within us our body wants to be in balance. It wants to heal, right? So it's asking these powerful questions of like, what stresses have you had in your life from a child? And really looking at not just what's happening right now, but what has happened in the past. Because especially with the energy work I do, what I have found is that about 15 to 20 years after a traumatic experience has happened, 
is when the physical symptoms start to show up. Mm. If that answers that your is, question. Yeah, that is so true. Because I mean, there are a lot of things that happen to us in childhood that we bury. And then when we start becoming adults, we're like, oh my gosh, I remember that happening. You know, once they start working on it, they can pull in stuff, not realizing that things happen that happened to us in childhood affect us on into adulthood as well. Right. And that's it. I love that you bring that up because for some people, they're not ready to look at that. They don't want to know about that. And so it's also working at building the capacity within the system of feeling safe to be able to go back and process that which has been stored within our body. I don't know if you've ever read the book, um, Body Keeps Score, but it talks about the somatics of how every memory is stored within our physical body. And so, yes, we might have done the mindset work, which is super powerful, but we also, our body remembers. So like when you see somebody whose like right shoulder is higher than their left shoulder, they're probably holding some sort of bound up energy in there and they don't even know it. Like, I like to say our body is a piece of art. It shows every experience that we've ever been through. So every trauma is marked within our system somewhere, unless it has been cleared through and processed, but it's the snowball effect mm -hmm. of like, if we don't clear the stuff from early childhood, it just continues to snowball. And then we're like, well, why are we aging? And like, why are we having all these health issues as we get older? Well, because that snowball gets bigger and bigger and bigger with subconscious gunk. Mm -hmm. That is so true. And with that said, we need to take a brief commercial break, but we'll be right back. People welcomed me and they knew the pain of the journey that we'd been on because they'd been there too. Other Parents Like Me is an online community, peer-led, for parents with kids struggling with mental health and or substances. It's a space that's safe because like, I can actually share what's going on. We offer 15 daily support groups per week and live speaker talks on Thursdays, as well as a monthly expert panel. We also have a resource hub that has a toolkit. This includes over a thousand articles, podcasts. There's a glossary with the most recent and relevant terms. And we have a directory that's been vetted. The overwhelming feeling when we're sitting in a meeting and I'm telling my story and I see others shaking their head, tears falling. You know, they understand this roller coaster and they're along for the ride. And we are back talking about health and wellness with Alicia May and where your journey started your healing journey started when you lost Daisy so let's talk about Daisy and the impact that she had on her Daisy's a shih tzu or shih tzu and let's talk about the impact she had on you and then how that catapulted you into what you're doing now yeah so I I've feel like the real healing journey probably started when I first got her because <laughs> it's funny that you say that 
literally like just a couple days ago, I was thinking of how like she's been an emotional support dog for me. Like I got her when I was 19. And so she was with me when I went through boyfriends, when I moved, when I like had grandparents pass away, like she's always been there. And so she was definitely a deep part of me. And when I got diagnosed with the rheumatoid arthritis, like she made me get up and go outside. Like she made me take her to the bathroom when all I wanted to do was like sit on the floor and cry in pain and agony. So it, it's been this long journey. And when she, like I had already started doing Kundalini yoga and I like, I always believed that the diagnosis, even though they said that I would be in a wheelchair by the time I was 30 and that I would be on lots of medication and have a short life and all of this stuff, I knew that deep down in my soul that there was a different path for me. And so I was always seeking that one thing that would help heal me. And I realized that it was a multitude of things. It wasn't just that one thing. And so when she passed away, I realized that grief is such a huge aspect of our healing journey as just being on this planet, right? We think of grief as this thing that happens when somebody passes away. Grief happens when we lose a job. Grief happens when we aren't making as much money as we thought we should be, or we're not living the lifestyle that we wanted to. Grief happens in these smaller ways. And when I checked in with my body, because I took an entire week off after she passed away, I shut my phone down. I stayed off social media. I was just like, I am done and like under a blanket in my cozy bed. <laughs> or out. <laughs> yeah, or out in nature. But like, to be able to have that time and space to grieve in that way, most people don't in our society. They have three days of bereavement and you have to be back at work. Mm -hmm. And so anyways, I did this check-in with my body of where do I feel grief in my body? That changed the game. I realized that I felt grief in all of my body. <laughs> it wasn't just in my heart or just in my mind. It was through my entire system. And so it was going through and really unwinding that grief of when my parents got divorced, of when I felt abandoned by my mom mm. and unwinding all of this stuff. So that then led me to, wow, this beautiful experience of my dog passing away, I found, I, I realized all these different connections. And like, I kept have women that I was working with and they're like, Hey, can you heal my dog? Can you do this for my dog? And I'm like, yeah, of course. And we started to see all these connections of how our dogs pick up all of this emotions. And even if it was, especially rescues, right? Mm -hmm. Like we don't know their history. Like I worked with a woman who had or has a pit bull and she got the dog when it was like two or three and it was having a lot of kidney issues and so with the energy work we were able to clear out all of this stuff 
of abandonment and um, rejection from when it was a puppy and before she had it. And the dog, they said that the dog was only supposed to live for like six months and it's like a year and a half later and the dog is still like romping around. Wow. Yeah. So losing Daisy made you decide to work with women and their dogs. And I love that. And I love the fact that number one, she was the catalyst for when you got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis that you weren't going to be able to sit and sulk and just, you know, oh, I'm going to, this, this, this was going to happen to me. Instead, you were like, no, she's like a little thing that I have to take care of. And she's making me up to go do these things. And so now when you created Be The Glow, you created that to continue Daisy's legacy, to let her, what she meant to you, live on through what you created. So let's talk about Be The Glow. Yeah. So Be The Glow is like, it, there's, it's so funny because there's all these different threads that like happen throughout our life. And then all of a sudden we have that like epiphany moment of, oh, I get it. Okay. And so years ago, there was this bee that landed on my foot and it just hung out there. And this was when I was back in hospitality, like didn't even think about starting a business. But like, I remember that connection that I felt with that bee of like, I wasn't fearful. And like this little thing, like contributes so much to our world and our society. And so when I was at that silent retreat and the term be the glow came through, it was the reminder of that moment in time of that bee being on my foot. And it's not about just be the change you wish to see in the world, but like the, the physical bee of like how powerful they are in supporting our world and our continuation of our world, right? And if we, if we wanna see the, the glow and the beauty in the world, we have to start with ourselves. Mm-hmm. it's so easy to be like, this person needs to do that. That person needs to do that. But really when we change ourselves and we work on ourselves, it then changes the entire world around us. And so like it had started out as just, I was going to do the yoga and then it's progressed with all of the different aspects of my own healing journey and having Daisy integrated into that in a way of what do we need as a society to be able to show up in a better way, to be even stronger in our light, in our truth. Because so often, especially as women, we get, we forget about ourselves. We take care of everybody else. And really, we need to take care of ourselves first so then we can be that light in the world and share our strengths and our power with those around us. Um, Currently, I'm doing one-day women's retreats where it's filling your cup. So these women come and we do an entire day all about them. And just to see these women take the time to take care of themselves 
and then seeing how that goes out into their world, how their kids are like, oh my God, mom, like you need to take more days for yourself because you're so much kinder and loving to us than if you're stressed out all the time. That's... And I, yes. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and also like just doing a lot of remote work as well with people because yes, I love working with people right here in Scottsdale, Phoenix area. But what's funny is once you start doing this work, like the word kind of starts to get out and I'm from back East. So like I have a lot of people back East. I have some people that I work with internationally and with being able to do energy work, we don't have to be in the same room. Like I've worked with people and they're like, holy crap. Like I could feel the work that was happening without even being in the same room. Like we aren't even on the phone or on a Zoom call. Like we have a time and we, I get permission to connect with their subconscious. And then I start clearing through and transforming whatever needs to be transformed within their system. And like, I've had people who are like, my shoulder hurts so much. And by the time we're done, they're like, I don't even know, like all of a sudden my shoulder stopped hurting because it's all that trapped subconscious gunk, right? Mm -hmm. Like think about this and we take out the trash every day, every week in our house. And if we didn't, it would build up, build up, build up. Build up. Yeah, same thing with our subconscious. If we're not taking out our trash on the daily, the weekly, it's going to build up in our system. And then we're going to have these physical manifestations of whatever it might be based on the emotional aspects of what's happening in our body. That is so true. I mean, I can akin that to like when you go and you get a facial and you get dermaplane and you get all that and you don't realize all that gunk is on you until you look at and your your esthetician showing you and you're like, that stuff was on me. That is so gross. But then again, you don't realize it because you're walking around. It's just normal to you. Yes. And I love that you said that. I'll use this in, as an example because, yes, I do all this work on myself with clients, but I also do my own self-care. So I go to the chiropractor and I went yesterday. I laid on the table and I thought I was straight. And when we finished, I'm like, Shelby, I feel so crooked. And she's like, let me take a picture of you because you are straighter than when you came in. She took a picture of me and I was perfectly straight. So I had normalized and she's like, when you came in, you were a little crooked to the left. But I had normalized that as straight. And I didn't know difference until she pointed it out. And I'm like, aha, like this is what happens in our life is we normalize the pain. We normalize the stress. It's not normal. We don't have to live that way. <laughs> No, we don't. And as so many people have the thought that, oh, it's normal. I'm supposed to feel this way all the time. And I love the fact that you said the very beginning is if we want to like be the glow, be the change, we have to work on ourselves first and not expect everybody else around us to change. And I think that's very important. We have to look at what's wrong with us or what we're, how we're perceived in the world. And if that's exactly how we want to be perceived in the world as well. Definitely. <laughs>
So what really interested me when we were and you were just chatting was you're talking about not being in the same room. So let's talk about that because I know that's kind of like woo out there. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So it it kind of like I don't know like the exact science behind it, but I know it works. And for those of you who don't like are just like what? Um, it's like quantum physics, right? Like that. It, we're all connected as one. And I know like this may like, for some religious people, this may be like, what? Um, but this is my belief system. And this is the work that I do around um, the subconscious and that we're all connected. And when I have somebody's permission, I'm able to connect with their subconscious and then use the tools of muscle testing back to the beginning of talking about the applied kinesiology, how we can ask our body yes and no questions. And also there's a lot of intuition that plays into this. Like I've been doing this for a while now. So sometimes like something will just kind of flow into my awareness and I'll mention it to the person and they'll be like, how did you know that? I'm like, I don't know. It just kind of came in. So there's also that aspect of it when people are open to this work and they're open to having somebody work with them, guiding them through like everything we need is within our system. So it, it's just connecting to those pieces of it and then moving from that, that spot of, oh, well, this person needs to work on their liver or this person needs to work on maybe their thyroid and speaking their voice. And just following the breadcrumbs, I guess. So what kind of schooling did you have for this to be able to 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 connect subconsciously with that? Because I think that's a lot of people be interested to know exactly how that happened. Yeah. So I think a lot of it came from having the rheumatoid arthritis and really like having to connect with my own body. So. I wrote a chapter in a book called uh, Divinity Speaks. And the name of my chapter is My Body is My Compass. And it's using our bodies as a compass and really allowing our bodies to guide us. And so the training that I did was in Kundalini Yoga, teacher training, um, emotion code and body code, which that's, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Dr. Brad Nelson. He's the one who created that. And so that brings in the muscle testing and he has all these charts that we go through to figure out like what exactly is going on in that person. And then I'm also a Reiki master teacher. So with the Reiki, it's very much about connecting with an energy greater than ourselves and allowing that to move into our system and being an open vessel for whatever needs to come through with that. And also doing, I'm a breathwork facilitator. And so connecting with my own breath and like breath is life, right? Like if we can't breathe, we're not alive. Yeah. So, so really learning how to connect with that breath and allowing that pranic 
force to move through our system. So how long does it take you to connect with the person that you're working with, to connect with their subconscious? And then how long does it take for you to pinpoint exactly what they may need to work on? So connecting with somebody, once I have their permission, is instant. And then pinpointing can, like, it's an onion, right? There's different layers. So, yes, we may be working on someone's migraine headaches, but there could be 20 layers deep before we actually get to what was contributing to that. And it's also a lot of, like, does the person feel safe? Because yes, we can physically feel safe to work in this environment together, but the subconscious could put up blocks and walls of like, no, we cannot look here. So it, it's really honoring that person as well. Like, especially when I'm working with a new person, it's, it's asking like, is it safe to continue? Can we continue doing this? Because we don't want to... Um, like every person has their level of capacity and we don't want to push past that mm -hmm. because then we can re-traumatize people. We really want to be mindful of reducing stress, not increasing stress to the system. That is so true. Now, do you have a story of like somebody, first of all, a success story. And then like somebody who come in and was like, okay, I'm going to give this a shot, but they really don't give you permission to, to, they say they give you permission, but there's still all these blocks they pull up. So can you give us like the, the high one and the low point of, of stories of people that you worked with? Yeah. So I'm actually for the, the, um, for one of them, I'm going to use a dog as an example. Okay. I had a dog mom that was like, can you please work with my dog? he like freaks out at everybody that walks by our house and it's just like creating the stress in the house. And when I checked in, cause I also check in with the owner and the dog and the dog was like, Nope, I am not, I don't like, I don't want to do this. And so I had to come back to the owner and say, your dog's not ready for this. And working with the person, it was probably also because there was a little bit of subconscious resistance with the person, even though their body was like, yes, you can work with me, but it was very like top level stuff, I guess you could say. We never really were able to go very deep with what she had been through. And that's totally okay, right? Like we all have times throughout our life where this is the next step and that's the the step that she needed to then move on to do other stuff and then a success story um i had this woman who was going through a really tumultuous divorce and was in an abusive relationship and actually it was her mom who was like can you please work with my daughter and i'm like well yes but we have to of course like make sure her daughter wants to do this. And she was kind of a little like, I don't get this. This doesn't make sense to me, but I'm like just in this really horrible situation. So I'm open to whatever we can do. And I worked with her for about a year and a half. Um, we started, cause normally when I do sessions, we start depending on what's going on. We start with every four days 
for like for four days and then go to every week and then hopefully get out to like every month and so this girl went from like i could just see it in her posture like i wish i had taken pictures of when i first met her but she was just like closed off and like really like shy and quiet and didn't really have her voice at all and so as we move through this process she like you could just see her like blossoming and coming back to who she was not as like who she was through this relationship and she got her dream job she started dating again and she hasn't found the one um but it's so interesting when i check in with her every now and again um she'll be like oh this guy didn't work out and like she she saw the red flags instead of just falling for that guy because she was lonely and that was like a huge aspect of what we worked through was loneliness and so it's just like a beautiful experience to see like the physical vessel of what they look like when they start and then like as they move through the process and like she'll check in with me every now and again and be like hey alicia i need a tune-up like we don't do regular sessions anymore um and she knows like she's deeply connected to her body and she's like oh i need to do a session like I need to up-level to the next step. Yeah, that's so true. Now, you you made me have a question when you were talking about connecting with the dog. You always, you said that you asked permission. So how do you ask permission to a dog to let you into their con subconscious and to be able to know that they've given you that permission? Because that's <laughs> kind of like... It's so woo, right? It's like very uh -huh. out there. So again, it's with the muscle testing. And like the way I teach muscle testing is, is the sway test where you stand up and you, your body naturally sways forward for a yes. And then your body naturally sways backwards for a no. It's kind of like when you walk into a room and you like go towards somebody and you're like, oh yes, like I want to hug this person. Or if you're like backing away because you don't want to like be in that room or hug that person or whatever. Um, but what I do when I'm working with people is I use, I just do the flick test. So I literally just go, show me a yes, show me a no. And so my fingers stay together when I say, show me a yes. And when it's a no, they come apart. And so like, as you do this, you can feel it in your system. Like, show me a yes like it doesn't want to it sticks and the no it just flies apart and so i will ask first of all i'll do a blessing and then i've already asked the pet owner if i can connect with the dog and then i'll connect with the dog and then i will ask the dog is it safe for us to start working together do you feel comfortable working together? And it'll show me a yes or a no. And so sometimes in that case, like I'll ask, is there something that we need to clear before we start working together? And then some, again, like it could be, yes, we can just clear an imbalance or it could be no, like in this situation, it was like, this very intuitive like 
don't mess with me. Like, I don't want to do this kind of thing. So again, it's like being connected to our body and like feeling like I'm sure have you ever had the experience of like that gut situation of you're like, oh, I this is a no, I shouldn't do this. Yes, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or so that's kind of what it is. And I've just tuned my body basically to be a tuning fork and feel and understand those different cues. So I have two questions to follow up on that. One yeah. is how do you get ready for a session, you yourself? And the second one is how should your clients get ready for the sessions? Because obviously you're going to, it takes a lot out of you to do the session. So how do you get ready? Yeah. So there's always this usually sitting in stillness and like bringing up all their information and just sitting with my body and allowing everything to settle to make sure that I'm grounded into the earth, that my feet are flat on the floor, doing some breathing meditations and sometimes I'll sage or like I have this bottle of rose water that I love to spray in my space. And then I always pull a card from my super attractor, Gabrielle Bernstein super attractor cards. And just, I will ask like, what is a card that this person needs to hear today? So I actually pulled one before our call today. Would you like me to read it to you? Yes, I was just gonna say that. I thought that was so cool. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it says my super attractor power comes from how I feel my faith and love and the joy that I put out. So I don't know if you can see that it, is so cool. Yeah. So, and it's funny because some people like don't really like comment on it or they're just like, yeah, whatever. And then some are like, they love it. If I don't pull it or I don't share it with them quick enough, they're like, what's my card? And then <laughs> it's funny. I had a client that like one day, I don't remember if we just started talking and I forgot to either pull a card or whatever the case was. And like at the end of the session, and she had never really commented on my card pulling before. And she's like, Misha, you didn't pull my card. Like, can you pull my card? And I'm like, oh, yes, yes. I got you, girl. <laughs> so, so, that, so then after a session, how do you, because you don't want when you're going through to put some of the junk that you're cleared off your clients to attach to you and make you feel worse. How do you kind of clear yourself after a session? Yeah. So it depends. Like I normally always just bring my arm or my hands down my arms to clear out any energy in my hands. I wash my hands in cold water. Um, depending on how intense it was, like sometimes I'll get up and just dance around and move. Um, again, sage, the rose water is usually like the closing of the session. And my favorite thing to do is breath of fire because that really like moves the energy through if I'm not on my moon cycle. If I'm on my moon cycle, I'll do like more long deep breathing just to kind of like gentle move everything through and the other great thing is just to 
this summer it's been hard because it's like 115 in Arizona and the low is like 90 degrees. But I love going outside. I have a eucalyptus tree in my front yard. I'll go put my hand on that, just stand in the grass. Just imagine like everything that came through just kind of falling off of me going back into the earth to be recycled. And like sometimes there'll be other things like I'll have a candle. Um, it just depends on on the session and like how intense it is. But for the most part, it's the washing of the hands, spraying of the rose water. Um, and also, I guess the thing, the way I always close a session is giving gratitude mm -hmm. for all of the information that came through for an easy and graceful processing period for that person. Because that's the other aspect of doing this work is it, if you've been holding on to anger your entire life, like you are going to feel anger most likely after our session. Like people may trigger you and you may have like physical sensations moving through your body. So this isn't just like, hey, Alicia does a session with me and I'm fine. It's there can be processing for some people. They don't really feel it or experience too much. But for others, it can be really intense where they're like, I just need to take a nap. So yeah. I recommend that for people like after doing a session with me to give yourself an extra hour to maybe take a nap, to go take a shower, to make yourself a yummy, healthy, nourishing meal, to do some journaling, to take a bath, whatever, to help that all of that energy process and move through the system. I love that. Now, so what does a client need to do to get ready for a session? Because you already talked about after the session, if whatever you need to do to process, you do that. But what does a client need to do to get ready? So they basically need a quiet, uninterrupted space, which for some moms, that can definitely be <laughs> difficult. So we, we do the best that we can with what we have, right? But that's the main thing is to have a quiet, uninterrupted space, to have water by them for when they finish, to have a journal and pen if anything comes through for them before, during, or after. And I also will not work with anybody who has had alcohol or any substances, unless it's prescribed prescriptions or whatever, at least 24 to 48 hours before our session. Because I want you to be completely sober and in the the healthiest space possible and the other the other aspect of that is to not eat like a heavy meal for at least two hours prior to the session why is that it just to helps because if your body is digesting a heavy meal it's not able to digest what we're we're moving through and processing because that's part of it too right like Yes, we digest food, but we digest life, we digest ideas, we digest energy and thoughts. And so our whole system needs to be available to be able to digest and move that stuff through. That's interesting. Now you mentioned the moon cycle and the breath of fire. Can you tell us a little, a little bit more about those? Yeah, so the moon cycle is our monthly periods that women have. Yeah. And I could probably talk about this for like a whole nother <laughs> session, but 
But the main thing is when, especially in the first three days of our moon cycle or our periods as women, we want to rest. We want to give ourselves space for our body to just process and move through whatever it needs to rid ourselves of. We live in a society where that is not commonplace or it all accepted, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. So it, it's doing the best we can. And so with that, we don't want to do any strenuous activity during those at least first three days. I like to do the whole seven days of my cycle, but the breath of fire is a very powerful breath. And so think of it as you're like blowing out a candle, but through our nose. So it's, it's, I'll show you what it looks like. It's like, and what it's doing is like, you can feel your stomach pumping. You can feel like your entire torso moving from that powerful breath. And it's just moving everything through and out of the system. Now, are there any more breaths with the breath work that you do? Oh, there's a ton. Like I have a whole 40 day breath work, wow. superpower practice that I offer people because what, what's so powerful about the breath is finding what works for you. The, like the breath of fire, some people are like, I hate that breath. I do not like it at all. Mm -hmm. Others are like, I love that. Like I like to do it when I'm feeling stressed or when I, I feel like I'm getting, starting to get a cold or something. And then there's another breath that people are like, oh yeah, I love that breath. Like the long, deep breathing. That's a, a super great breath for um, like, if you're, you're feeling like that anxious energy and you're just like overwhelmed and you're just go, 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 go. It helps to slow your entire system down because you're taking that breath all the way from your belly and pulling it up through your chest, your clavicle, and then reversing directions. So there's there's a breath for all these different things going on in life and allowing people to connect with what feels the best for them in any given moment. I love that. Now our time is almost up. Is there one last little nugget that you want to share with people before we talk about where people can find you at? Um, that they would want to remember out of this whole conversation that we've had? Sit down in stillness. When, when you're feeling super stressed and you're like, I have to get all of this stuff done and you're going a million miles a minute, that's the exact moment that you need to sit and just feel into your body. And when you start doing this, it probably will feel super uncomfortable but it's, again, building that capacity, beginning to do this for a minute, three minutes, beginning to, to feel how the breath moves through the body, feeling how the seat feels under your chair, beginning to look around in your surroundings and, and just taking it all in versus just going a million miles an hour and not paying attention. Because our body's always giving us the cues. We just have to be available. And like, you can start a practice where at night when you're going to bed, ask your body, what what do I need to see? What do I need to hear? What do I need to feel? That's what I do every night. And then 
it helps tune us into our body and what what we need. That is so true. Now, where can people find you at? So I'm at betheglow.com. That's two E's in be the glow. And then Instagram at elishamay.co. And I have some YouTube videos on uh, at be the glow on YouTube, which are super helpful. And yeah, just reach out to me. Like I'm here. If you have questions, I have a free muscle testing guide. My body is my compass guide. Uh, the 40 day superpower breathing practice. Like I have so many resources that you can like kind of dip your toe in this work to see if this maybe is for you. And if it's not awesome, like I'm here and happy to support or give you referrals to maybe other people that would be supportive for your, for you and your system. I love that. And Alicia, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing about this work, because I think it's important that there are people need to know that there's different options just than the traditional medicine options out there, because sometimes traditional medicine gets it wrong as well. And you don't want to be on all these pills for, for forever. So thank you for giving us this option and for sharing about it as well. Of course. Yeah. And I mean, there's a time and place for Western medicine for sure, but there's also so much more information out there and just be your own advocate. Like this is your life. Live it the best way you possibly can. Yep. And with that, guys, I will put all the information where you can find Alicia at, as well as some of the books that she mentioned, because I was taking notes as we were going through. So I could remember to put some of these books in. Um, and everything else. And Alicia, thank you so much for coming on and for being a part of the show. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. And I loved meeting Allie. Thank you so much. <laughs> yep, she is actually sound asleep on the chair now. <laughs> Probably snoring too, right? Um, no, I don't hear her. So oh. sometimes she does snore a little bit or so grunt, but I don't hear her right now. So she's nice and peaceful nice and peaceful so with that said guys be blessed and most importantly remember keep chatting bye thank you bye